MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, November 22nd, 2019. Today, Dr. Fiona Hill and David Holmes testify in the impeachment inquiry, the presidential Democratic debates, the Queen and Prince Andrew, Romney visits the White House, Nunes is connected to recent indicted Giuliani associate Lev Parnas, new FEC disclosures show the RNC bought $100,000 worth of Junior's books to get it on the bestseller list, and Pompeo might resign as Secretary of State. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reeder. Hello. And that's all the news story I have for you on that particular story is what's in the intro. You won't hear it again throughout the show, but the the, the RNC, I think $95,000, $94,800 uh, worth of Junior's books. That is so funny. In their FEC closing. That's one of those things, though, where now I'm wondering if the DNC ever does that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But it, don't it know. would be in the disclosures. It's much more funny, though, when it's a sad Donald Trump Jr., yeah, so if you donated, no one who listens yeah. to this podcast donated to Trump's uh, campaign, but if you donated hey, to the RNC, but like we if don't you, know, Maybe but like if a you, Trumper. but like if you donated to an RNC, any uh, Republican, yeah. uh, your money could have gone to buy one of Junior's books that will probably sit in a warehouse. And so they, they bought them to get them off the shelves. They bought them to put them on the top on the bestseller list. Oh, that's For a why second I was like, are they, they probably never even it? printed them. They probably were just like, yeah, we'll buy them and just then pre-order. pre-order, quote unquote. Just yeah, yeah. If you look at the bestseller list, there's a little dagger next to his name, mm-hmm. which is indicative of that the bulk purchases that it's a bestseller not on its own merits mm. i love that <laughs> i know does that count for like a barnes and noble purchase order though or something or know. is it hmm yeah, i don't know i think it's i mean if you buy one order of ninety four thousand dollars or ninety four thousand dollars of books comes from one place yeah they know yeah. you know and they're like mm, that's your little asterisk yeah it's just continuing his uh, lifelong legacy of paying for friends and support asterisk Yes. All of them doing that together. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking of asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. He buys friends. Yeah, just mm-hmm. a nice cycle, a nice synergy of uh, alone, sad, unqualified men, yeah. mostly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Buying friends, buying status, buying <clears throat> everything. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, that's that's all, all you'll hear about that story. We do have a lot of news to get to, though. So let's hit the hot notes. Oh, well, actually, first, how are you guys? Um, well, yeah, good to be back. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome I'm back. sorry I didn't make it back in time. That was my bad. How, how was, was the show? Yeah. How was it? It was it was good. Yeah. Vicky is great. Her crowd's really nice. They like love her a lot and know her so that they're really sweet and they're comedy fans, which yeah. is really cool. Uh, the room is fantastic. If you live in Vegas or ever go there, definitely go there to Jimmy Kimmel's club. And nice. yeah, it was cool. My mom came out. Some of my friends came out. We played beer pong after at O'Shea's. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah, nice. I'm doing well. Yeah? Yeah. Good. Mostly. <laughs> yes. But um, yeah, glad you had a good show. Yeah, totally. Do some more in San Diego soon. You have some coming up? Yes. Yeah. Not that I remember that you can right, now right now in my brain. Uh, yeah, so every Wednesday at the Comedy Store La Jolla, you can see me. Um, that show starts at 8, and then next week on the 26th, I will be at Good Bar in Point Loma. That's a really good bar show they do in San Diego. And next weekend, the 29th and 30th, I will be at the Madhouse Comedy Club, 
uh, on those four shows. So that's 739.45, Friday, Saturday. Are those showcases? Those are showcases. Nice. Yeah. So hit me up if you want to go. Uh, hit me up on Twitter or something. And yes, I can always get you in the guest list. Sweet. Door. <laughs> <laughs> She'll put you on the list. That means you don't have to pay. Yeah. Uh, you just have to, yeah, at Jordan's Confused on Twitter, mm-hmm. and she'll uh, make sure I get you on the list. Yes. Uh, all right. Now, we should get to the news, because we have a lot of it. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Impeachment hearings began today. Well, they ended today, uh, but they began very early this morning <laughs> uh, with Dr. Hill, Dr. Fiona Hill. She was the one who, like, a couple weeks ago, I was like... Keep your eye out for this name because she's mentioned in these Volker Sundland Taylor texts and, you know, replaced by Tim Morrison. Uh, So, you know, she's going to keep your eye on her. Then she testified, you know, deposed behind closed doors. And now she was awesome today. Mm -hmm. And um, also David Holmes testified. Looks like James Bond guy to me. Yeah. But like super articulate, very polished very handsome it was funny too though when new like when they switched to the five minutes a piece things i don't know how much you of you got of the uh, hearings that you guys watched but when nunez was just going through his bullshit lecture like his five minutes and and uh, you know or at the beginning of his 45 minute section holmes was just looking at him with mm-hmm. this like mm, smile sort of a half smile on his face like pfft. yeah i was just gonna say that he has a pretty transparent face that came out whenever like jim jordan or nunez was talking or really any of the republicans because all their lines of questioning are just like like they won't even let him a- answer the question because they're only answer they're asking rhetorical questions only basically. Yeah, or they, so. and there were three people, including Nunes, who didn't even have any questions. Mike, t- they were just lecturing. Mm-hmm. It was it did feel like lecturing. Yeah, <sighs> they yeah. don't have any. They don't. They have no question. They Trump it was fucked up, and they can't. There's no way around it, so they yeah. can't ask questions about that. Stephanie's line. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, like, their, their only line of defense here is Democrats have wanted this since the beginning, and you're like. Yeah, where you been? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we have actually, because mm-hmm. <laughs> he was criming in public f- for time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, make no mistake, the reason these have been going on for so long isn't because they're fixated on removing him from the office. It's because he's been committing crimes this right. entire so time in, yeah. in the open. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. But uh, you know, I I would I would also say though that they didn't they weren't so eager to do it that they were just going to impeach for anything. Mm-hmm. Because no, if they not. were just going to open impeachment hearings for the sake of opening impeachment hearings, they would have done it in January as mm-hmm. soon as we won the House. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. Yeah. But of course, now the Republicans are even turning that intentionality against Democrats, saying, now that you've exhausted all options, it's culminated in this sort of impeachment farce. And it's like, no, dude, you know. What are their options? They're, they're both simultaneously saying Pelosi's like crazy and unhinged while... She's also the one that took forever to officially support it because she wanted to wait until it was overwhelming amongst constituents and everybody. So it's you can't have it both ways. They will try. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dr. Hill, uh, as we know, she's a former top Russia expert on the National Security Council. Uh, and David Holmes is a member of the State Department. He was uh, mainly here today because he overheard that phone call between Trump and Sunland in, in the <gasps> Kiev Cafe. I hated Ratcliffe asking him questions about, like, what was the first thing he said? Yeah. What was the last thing he said? What was the fourth thing you said? Yeah. How many words were in your third statement? Mm-hmm. You know, just like trying to get him to mess up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the things that happened today was that 
uh, they established uh, pretty clearly, especially in the wake of Volcker, Morrison and Sunderland saying they had no idea that Burisma meant the Bidens, that that's what Burisma was code for. Goldman says, was it apparent to you when Trump, Giuliani or anyone else was pushing for investigation into Burisma, they meant the Bidens? And Dr. Hill said it was very apparent to me. That's what Rudy Giuliani intended. Yes. And Mr. Goldman asked, uh, and Mr. Holmes, you were also aware Burisma is code for the Bidens? And Holmes is like, yes. And he asked these questions, like I said, because Sundland, Volcker, and Morrison all pretended they had no idea that Burisma meant the Bidens, and they still are holding to that testimony, uh, along with their either I don't recall or, oh, I misremembered, and now I remember after I saw all the other testimony. Mm-hmm. Also, the suggestion that high-ranking officials would not look into the the origins of the company that Trump was referring to. Right. right. Like you would That's just be, like you would take it on face value like, oh, OK, Burisma. Sure, yeah. like, don't, don't, don't know who they are. But yeah, let's look into that. So the president's after one specific company. And if you never heard of it before, you think you might ask mm-hmm. or Google it mm-hmm. or something. But everyone knew. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew. And that's what they testified to today. Um, another big home, uh, moment was when Dr. Hill said that Trump's demands for Ukraine to announce investigations into Biden in the 2016 elections amounted to a domestic political errand. Yes. And that diverged from American foreign policy. So look for that to be the Maddo needlepoint tonight. I think that's going to be, you know, how she picks up the phrases, like the common phrases from the day and puts them on needlepoint. I think that domestic political errand is going to be what uh, is tonight's needle point. Yeah, so. I forget who it was on CNN, but as soon as they cut back to the commentators at the closing of their statements, um, they that's they asked, what do you think is the major takeaway? And the first thing that she said was domestic political errand, that phrase. I think that was Andrea Mitchell, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. she I don't remember her name. Sorry. Domestic political errand? Yes. Yeah. Because she was, she was talking about how she was able, Hill was able to distill this entire fiasco into three words, basically, mm-hmm. that perfectly outline what what he did and that it was self-serving yep and she also um said that she well at one point dr hill was talking about how she confronted sondland member about his failure to coordinate with other members of the administration and just being a giant dick in general uh and that you know she had entered that july 10th meeting and saw vinman confronting sondland about demanding investigations in exchange for a white house meeting with trump And she also said, um, so I thought that was pretty significant, was talking about the timeline about that July 10th meeting. I'll go into that a little bit more in a second. But she also said in her opening statement that Republicans should not be peddling the conspiracy theory that Russia didn't interfere in our elections and that it was instead Ukraine. Mm -hmm. She was really upset about that. And then the Republicans got ultra defensive about it. But she argued the story was planted by Russia and dangerously played into Moscow's hands by sowing political divisions in the U.S. that Russia would be eager to exploit. Um, she said, quote, President Putin and the Russian security services operate like a super PAC. They deploy millions of dollars to weaponize our own political opposition research and false narratives. When we are consumed by partisan rancor, we cannot combat these external f- uh, forces once they seek to divide us against each other. Uh, actually, says she said against each another, degrade our institutions and destroy the faith uh, of the American people in our democracy. Um, and so, first of all, she, that's not saying much about super PACs. <laughs> Like she, she likened super PACs to, you know, Russian propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about that back and forth, though, about the Russia hoax argument? Because what the Republicans said in response to her saying that some of the people on this committee are propagating the idea that it was not Russia that interfered, but it was Ukraine. And then, yeah, as you said, a couple of the GOP people were like, no, we, we never said that. You know, we did a whole report on it. And... To me, 
that have, aside from Devin Nunes and this perpetuation of this idea of a Russia hoax, is it delineated enough that Russia hoax could possibly just equal Trump's involvement with Russia versus the Russia interference in, as a whole? No, I think Russia hoax is the the investigation into whether Trump right conspired at all right. uh, or spoke with or tried to get uh you know had anything to do with russian interference yeah so then in that sense have there been any members on that committee that have actually said i don't think russia interfered at all i think it was ukraine implicitly but not explicitly right they've so, implied it by asking questions like you know did, isn't the isn't it true maybe that you know it wasn't the russians who interfered you know mm-hmm. and so and in that report, too, that, that came out from the House Republicans, it was insinuated that um, it, it might not have just been Russia. Yeah. Uh, but they did. They went after her hard. But she, you know, and I'm sorry, but did anyone at this table over the last two weeks not get the impression that there were some Republicans on that dais that thought that were trying to push that conspiracy theory? Because it seemed clear. Definitely that they were trying to push a conspiracy theory for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Whether I, they said it explicitly or not, I don't know. Yeah. I do think, though, that there's a difference between, and this is this is not me playing the devil's advocate, more so just advocating for being very intentional with words. There is a difference between them propagating a conspiracy theory that Ukraine also interfered versus that only Ukraine interfered, which is what she suggested with those words. Yeah, uh, but either way, to even just suggest that Ukraine interfered in our elections... Totally. I is, totally agree. ...is a Russian talking point. I totally agree. Uh, but if you if you had a dirty feeling that even though it wasn't explicitly stated that there were Republicans who didn't think that, you know, who were trying to push the conspiracy theory that Russia didn't interfere in our election, even if you had that dirty feeling that it seemed like they were, it's because they were Mm -hmm. just not overtly. And so I'm glad she said it Mm -hmm. because who gives a fuck if she, you know, if, if, Mm-hmm. You know, it, it the point needed to be made, sort of. I yeah, I agree. But I, maybe if she reworded it to say, like, you know, you're insinuating that it might not just have been the Russians or that it, it was Ukraine. Yeah. Um, rather than, because um, what were her exact words? Republicans should not be peddling the conspiracy theory that Russia didn't interfere in our elections. Yeah. And that it was instead Ukraine. So maybe instead of doing the one or the other thing. Uh, you know, putting it in other terms. But, yeah. but that's, I think she was so fucking pissed that they were even fucking insinuating this, mm-hmm. that Russian goddamn talking point, that she was like, look, bitches. And and Fiona Hill is very cool, calm, and collected. So her look, bitches, is like, well, here's what I have to yes. say about this. You know, yeah. it's just in starker <laughs> terms. So Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. The only reason I even bring attention to it is because... It's frustrating because it gives Republicans something to pick up and run with, as they did when they were like, look at the report that we submitted as a committee where all of us signed off on acknowledging that Russia interfered, you know? Yeah. And that's always a bummer. And maybe that was her point, was to get them to say it over and over (laughs) again. That'd be some meta shit. You know, that's what I would have done. Like, hey, you can't, hey, y'all said that Russia didn't interfere. And then each one of them's like, I didn't say that. Russia totally did. And then you're like, huh? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. (laughs) That could have been, that could have been a play. Yeah. So who knows? But uh, she's very calculated and mm-hmm. very intelligent and Super I feel smart. like she knows how to speak to dudes who've been mansplaining <laughs> to her her whole life about shit you know yeah so maybe that was a maybe that was a well thought out plan yeah to get them on the record as angrily saying 
We do believe Russia interfered mm. in our elections. Clever. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do believe, though, that uncorroborated by evidence are the probably true claims that they think that Russia interfered equally to support Hillary's campaign, for example, or these other just ridiculously wrong interpretations of what actually happened in 2016. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, had had Fiona Hill said, look, uh, you all seem to be peddling the conspiracy theory that the DNC and Hillary conspired with Ukraine to hack our elections. And not Russia or mm-hmm. something to more to that effect. Totally. Um, Nitpicking. But I tell you what, though, the reaction was pretty great. Yeah. So I, yeah, it was. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, she she said the claim. Let's see. The claim that Ukraine interfered in our elections is a fake story invented by Russian intelligence services to destabilize the U.S. So she did turn around and kind of move it toward that. Mm-hmm. Um, she also talked a lot about John Bolton when she described that July 10th meeting and the timeline there. And what the timeline was, was. They had a meeting in Bolton's office, and that's where Sundland brought up the investigations. The meeting was then cut short by Bolton because he was, like, upset about that. And Hill testified that after the meeting, Sundland explained he had an agreement with Mulvaney that in return for investigations, the meeting, White House meeting, would get scheduled. Then they all stepped outside to take a photo afterwards, and Bolton told Dr. Hill to follow Sundland and the Ukrainians to the basement uh, (laughs) for a follow-up meeting. Uh, Previous the, way to phrase it. <laughs> a secret dungeon. Uh, and then report back to him what she heard. And that's when she walked in. She saw Vinman confronting Sunlin again about, you know, d- doing the drug deals, quote unquote. She, report, she reported back to Bolton, who told her to go to the NSE's top lawyer and tell him about what Sunlin, Giuliani, and Mulvaney were up to and to tell him that he didn't want to be any part of whatever drug deal Sunlin and Mulvaney were cooking up. She uh, she said she took drug deal to mean the investigations in exchange for a meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holmes, of course, went over his phone call. We'll get to David Holmes here. He uh, the GOP members, like you said, tried to get him to mess up his recollection of what happened by asking him in different order. That was the Ratcliffe mm-hmm. stuff using different words. But Holmes' testimony didn't change. It was very credible. Yeah, he did seem like a tiny bit flustered, which is the purpose of Ratcliffe asking him questions like that. So yeah. that was that was a bummer. But yeah, I feel like. Uh, he still did a fantastic job. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and Mike Turner also lectured, doc- lectured Dr. Hill rather than ask questions and took issue with her assertion, like I, like you said, that some Republicans denied that Russians interfered in 2016, kind of forcing them all to say they agreed mm-hmm. Russia interfered <laughs> in our elections. Quote, based on questions and statements I have heard, some of you on this committee appear to believe that Russia and its security services did not conduct a campaign against our country. Mike Turner said, Dr. Hill, you have provided me probably the greatest piece of evidence that's before us to illustrate the problem with hearsay. Dr. Hill, no matter how much we believe we know that we've heard is true, it's still just what we've learned. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was a general nugget of wisdom. I got halfway through that sentence and I got lost. <laughs> no matter how much we believe we know that what we've heard is true, it's still just what we've learned. That sounds like something Jim Jordan would say to try to prove how complicated something was. <laughs> right. So so told this, who told this, who told that. Like right, like same. the sky is blue. Oh yeah. yeah, well no matter how many times we know what we've heard is true, it's still just what we learned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the sky's blue, bro. Yeah, it's just what you learned. Uh, it's what you want it to be true. You want it to be blue. Oh God. The double speak and the oh, language games that come in this presidency are going to have a lasting effect on society, yeah. I think. Yeah. Sorry to be forlorn. No, it's <laughs> no, true. No, no, it's no, yeah. true. Uh, we've learned reflexive control from Russia. We, we talk like Russia, like, not we, but, you know, talk yeah. like Russian propagandists. Yeah. I wish, like, there could be some sort of 
master educator that could come down to Congress and just be like, let's just start off and start at a place where everyone agrees on these facts and then see how far we could get until. <laughs> but it's like that would require people to come together in the in the combined, you know, pursuit of truth. Yeah, so, they wouldn't do that. No, they would not. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Turner, uh, Mike Turner then criticized Holmes, David Holmes, for testifying that Sundland told Trump that Zelensky loves his ass, saying he shouldn't use that language in the proceeding. It's Trump. Uh, Sondland what? said it. Yeah. <laughs> Quote, it was anecdotal and extraneous. Your interest in protection, uh, in protecting Ukraine is very dubious when you embarrass President Zelensky by making those statements you don't have to make. Uh, who cares that Ambassador Sondland said that? I think that's pretty important that it it shows the balance of power. It shows the inequity of power between the two leaders, doesn't it? I mean, I think that that's a lot of what the issue is, that issue here. If they were equal in power, then you wouldn't have, you wouldn't be able to like withhold the aid and, and force, um, you know, things like investigations that are fake that probably weren't going to get done anyway and just had to be announced. Yeah. Abuse doesn't always look like yelling. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you, but you you Some, you know what I mean? It's about power. It's and in this particular thing, it that's all it is. Yeah, is because that you know he has to love his ass and do whatever he says. Mm-hmm. He has to, or but, he's not going to get his aid. People mm-hmm. will die like they had been when they when the aid was withheld for fifty five days. It also kind of shows how Sunland was trying to convince Trump of that sort of uh, willing to do anything feeling that Zelensky had. Then the question becomes: Oh well, why did Sunland feel the need to? portray to trump that he did have that feeling about him you know because that's pretty that's like loves your ass that's aside from the word ass it's just an appeal to again another power dynamic but how someone how someone reveres you and it's like like why why did someone need to impart that information that way to trump well it's interesting because it came up yesterday i think that sondland has had at least you know, upwards of 20 plus direct phone calls with the president. I can't remember who asked him that, but, um, but they were, they were, they were making a point of looking at the the level of access that Sondland had to the president. And it's pretty obvious now that again, he only has like sycophants around him who soothe him mm-hmm. and are like, you know, the Ukrainian president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'd do anything for you, whatever you ask him to do. Like genuinely. I mean, we've talked about this for a long time, but those are really the people he keeps closest to him. <clears throat> totally. Yeah. And it wasn't about how he loves his ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, that yeah, he loves yeah, his yeah. ass. Yeah. And it's very <laughs> different. Loves your ass. Yeah. It's different. I don't. <laughs> if, if it was a. Oh, God. Oh, and by the way, he loves your ass. Uh, That's thinking... a very different. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Trump's <laughs> ill-fitting pants now. Yeah. The golf ones. Oh, no. Yeah. I didn't see. There are new pictures. Oh no, the old same. Oh, old the pictures. old stuff. Okay, yeah, the white pants, the tan pants. Oh, the just tan any pants he wears, Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> the khaki pants. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He loves your ass. This reminds me of a funny nickname my dad got. I'll make it quick, but uh, they were out there. My my dad, and my mom were going out to a nightclub once with some friends, I guess, and it was in Vegas where you have to wear full length pants, and my dad was wearing shorts, so they didn't let him in, and has since been referred to as Lance with no pants <laughs> for the rest of his life. Yeah. Here's a quick pants story for you. Oh, Lance with no pants. Yeah, I was at uh, at the card table in Vegas with Joelle playing, um, playing blackjack, and I had said, or, or Joelle had said something like, I wonder why they're flying the flags at half-mast. Or I said that, but Joelle heard... 
uh, you should put your black slacks at half mast. Oh, <laughs> so that was like one of the themes of the whole. Oh, that's so funny. Trip was hey, black slacks half mast. <laughs> All right. When in Vegas. Another <laughs> fancy way of saying you pulled your pants down. Nice. Back uh, from those pants break. Pants for the pr- pant licka. Uh, of course, of course, all day the president tweeted all throughout the hearings, but earlier in the day he took aim, aim at Holmes saying, I've been watching people making phone calls my entire life. My hearing is and has been great. Uh, never have been watching a person making a call which was not on speakerphone and been able to hear and understand conversations. I've even tried, but to no avail. He didn't type that. No. Uh, try it live. So that's not his tweet. That's probably one of his lawyer's tweets. Uh, but he's tried to overhear people's con- phone conversations. That's weird. Yeah. Like a poor attempt at humor, maybe. You can't do it. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Um, and Will Hurd, he was a, he's a Republican in Congress. I thought he might be one who would vote for impeachment, but he sort of seemed... Uh, today that he was saying he just doesn't see anything impeachable here. So he he didn't ask any questions either that I saw. He just sort of lectured him for five minutes and said, uh, yeah, he did this, but I don't think it's impeachable. Which just, just blows my mind. Yeah. But it's in the book of laws. <laughs> <laughs> the book How of not? Laws. <laughs> also, what about what about the perjury? What about the obstruction? What about all of the other things that combined with this behavior makes his actions impeachable yeah. just like, I he must like just to... be talking specifically about the ukraine quid pro quo yeah republicans are like i would like to be excluded from this narrative yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> too bad you're in it you're in the thick of it and everyone hates you <laughs> everyone hates you <laughs> like stefanik hell yes such Jeez. sweet justice how much <sighs> everyone is responding to her with tedra cobb donations yep i love it too yeah uh, let's see. So after Will Hurd spoke, one point, one of the dumb lawmakers asked to enter a Daily Beast article about Nunez and Parnas uh, into the record after apologizing to Dr. Hill for Turner's mansplaining. Uh, Jordan, what's the Nunez connection we found out about last night? So, yeah, this was Swalwell is just like really good at throwing shade and he had the perfect material to do it with. Uh, it was this Daily Beast article, Daily Beast reporting that comes out that is now reporting that Lev Parnas helped Devin Nunes in arranging meetings and calls for him on a trip to Europe in 2018. And that is insane that those two names are now explicitly connected right now. <laughs> Especially since Parnas is the one that looks like he's going to be cooperating, hopefully. Right, of the two, of uh, the of the Fruman Parnas set, yes. box set. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. The bookends. Yeah. <laughs> How we funny. Just two guys just like cross arms, like, <laughs> on either side of yeah. <laughs> Girl of bookends. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> sandwiching books for some reason is not something that strikes me no. as things they do, but, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but, but the fact, so, so one of Nunez's aides, Derek Harvey, he apparently, uh, participated in the meetings and the whole point of, there's a few names actually, but so there's Derek Harvey, uh, there's Scott Glabe and there's George Pappas. They all traveled with Nunez when they went on this trip to Europe and it happened from November 30th to December 3rd and the U.S. government fade, uh, fade, <laughs> god damn it, I, I ruined my punchline. <laughs> it wasn't a punchline, but delivery of the news. Uh, here we go. Anyway, cut. I have fucking, it's really focus issues. Okay. The U.S. government paid for the trip. $63,000 that trip was. Oh. $63,000 to fund a trip 
for them to go over to Europe and receive help from a now indicted associate of the president's attorney to help Nunes in his efforts to further these investigations to discredit Democrats for 2020. And probably the origins of investigations as well. I imagine he's taking just whatever whatever information he can get. I haven't read a lot. I think it'd be a exactly. lot about the origins of the investigation too. Probably looking into that a lot. Yeah, that would be weird for him to abandon that after that's like all he's been fo- focusing on and fixating on. Um, but I haven't heard I haven't heard a lot of Parnas and Freeman's name in coordination with those investigations specifically. Back into the the or- oranges of the investigation. Have you yet? Uh, the only thing I've heard is today that they're uh, criminally investigating an FBI agent for purposefully altering uh, mm-hmm. information in the Carter Page FISA warrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any other information on it um, other than my first thought was, OK, well, let's just um, reverse all the charges against Carter Page and let him go. Oh, wait, he was yeah. never charged and he's not in jail. Who gives a fuck? Like. Yes, it's a big deal that if an FBI agent altered a document and that actually happened. Um, but I mean, it has nothing it has no bearing on the actual oranges of the investigation. So, I, you know, they're going to find shit that was done wrong. It's mm-hmm. it's a gigantic organization. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any of it's going to actually. But this is like that's all they have. And that's what they leaked. And that's like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're I mean, definitely we're going to learn more about exactly what kinds of meetings were set up and and who all was present at them. And I think that's going to be incredibly telling. But just a link alone between Nunes and Parnas to be called out by Swalwell and then for this article and reporting to be entered into the record during the hearings. That's um, that's pretty, pretty good. Pretty sweet justice right there. Yeah. A lot of people were like, oh, I can't believe he went there. And I was like, no, he should. Yeah. Well, especially this is kind of why I appreciate Swalwell a lot is because he'll do he'll do those kinds of things that people will look at and think, oh, maybe that was a little bit over the top. And honestly, I think that's why he wasn't very successful in the Democratic debates that he was in. But for something like this, it winds up being effective and it is necessary because whereas the Republicans are putting in things like this into the record that might be described as like similarly sensationalist by the respective opposite side. This is true. This reporting from yeah. the Daily Beast is true. Right, right. This is stuff that does need to be looked into and is going to lead to further investigations. So uh, I agree. Go Swalwell. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, we had Adam Schiff's closing statement. It was about 20 minutes long, eloquent. He saved his harshest criticisms for last, tearing down Republican defenses from throughout the hearings, calling the claims of hearsay absurd because it requi- uh, it requires taking Trump at his word and then imagining uh, he, he said something about actually fighting corruption. Uh, quote, that would be like saying you you can't rely on, on the testimony of burglars during Watergate because it was only hearsay, unquote. He said, though, uh, it's far more serious than than Watergate, um, than, than the third rate burglary of the Democratic headquarters. But the reason more action isn't being taken is because of lack of integrity in this Congress. So the difference in this Congress versus the last Congress where Republicans actually put country over party. Uh, a few people actually addressed um, the no quid pro quo retort to Sundland. Um, I remember, I think it actually, Schiff says it's the I'm not a crook defense, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but I think it was Swalwell who said it'd be like being pulled over, the cop asking if you knew how fast you were going, and you said, I didn't rob the bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that that stood out pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, Schiff laid out in ca- a case for impeaching the president, saying Trump's abuse of power is clear. Uh, and more significant than the Watergate break-in, quote, what we're talking about here is the withholding of recognition. 
in that White House meeting, the withholding of military aid to an ally at war. That is beyond anything Nixon ever did. And then at the end, he invoked the words of late Elijah Cummings. He says, quote, there is nothing more dangerous than an unethical president who believes they are above the law. And I would say to people watching at home and around the world, in the words of my great colleague, we are better than that. And then he gaveled us out. It was a great ending. And they mm-hmm. got, there was some applause in the in was the a good ending. I also really liked, I'm not sure if you want to cover this, so I apologize, the things he was saying about how other countries feel about this, looking at us. No, what, what yeah. do you want to say well, about it? I can't remember the exact verbiage, but it was it was kind of, it was a standout moment for me in his in what I believe was his closing testimony today, when he was saying, you know, the worst part is is when other countries look to the U.S. to be to lead on democracy and to lead on anti-corruption and to be a shining light. Like he was essentially saying, like we still matter, we're still really important, but we're losing respect quickly, and like. The, the tr- most tragic part is that this is this is bad for the world because so many countries have looked to the U.S. Mm-hmm. for hope in in democracy and fairness. Yeah, when U.S. national security is at risk, it's global. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and Dems are now saying this after all this today. They're saying they have enough evidence. Uh, the hearings are over. They'll draft a report and transmit their findings to the House Judiciary, where actual impeachment hearings might happen, and the drafting of articles of impeachment will take place. The vote is said uh, to likely take place before Christmas, uh, unless for some reason the hearings in the judiciary take longer than expected, if there are public hearings in the judiciary. Uh, We'll be right back, though, with uh, highlights from the Democratic debate last night. Hey, everybody. AG here with a recommendation. If you're looking for a thoughtful, unique gift idea for this holiday season, check out Society6. It's the perfect place to find unique gifts while supporting a global creative community. Society6 is an online marketplace with an amazing selection of products designed by independent artists from around the world. You can get decor inspiration, explore affordable and unique art with trending styles and curated collections. So no matter who you're shopping for, you're sure to find the perfect unique gift for everyone on your list. Uh, I actually was able to pick up a couple of squid necklaces for squid pro quo stuff, uh, and I bought those for some friends. And I was able to get my Aunt Julie a picture of her cat on a blanket, which I think is fantastic. So she's going to love it. But Society6 has millions of designs to choose from, uh, not just things that, you know, you come up with. But artists can sign up to sell their original artwork on dozens of product types with everything from fine art prints, tapestries, furniture, phone cases, T-shirts, bedding, and more. You choose what you love. Society6 Custom makes it to order and ships it directly to you. Empower creativity across the world uh, as every purchase supports an independent artist. I think that's very important. So give thoughtful and unique gifts this holiday season while supporting thoughtful and creative artists with Society6. You can get 30% off and free shipping when you use our code DAILYBEANS at s6.co slash pod. That's s6co slash pod and use promo code DAILYBEANS. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. I watched a good portion of the debates last night after having watched 12 hours of testimony. It was pretty... Long day. Pretty long day. Uh, so uh, what are your thoughts? What are your takeaways? Yeah, so the Dem debates happened, and they were coming out of Atlanta, Georgia. So a lot of the issues talked about were centered around issues that are affecting populations definitely in that area. Uh, there was a lot of appeal appeals that candidates were trying to make to the black community and to black voters specifically, um, which was obviously predictable and well some of the candidates are having a hard time i think pete Buttigieg is polling zero percent yes with black voters i did see that 
Uh, so you're right. On top, on top of the audience, uh, there's also those fundamental issues that a lot of can- that some candidates are having with the black community and black voters. Yeah, he's ahead in Iowa, and everyone always talks about how Iowa is representative of the rest of the country. But I don't understand how someone with zero percent support from black voters could be ahead in a state that represents the way America looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but maybe it's maths, and I don't. Yeah. Math. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is that it was probably my favorite debate so far, I would say. Why is that? Um, Because I think that they didn't get as hung up on some other issues as they had in the past. And I think the moderators were fantastic. And Rachel Maddow wouldn't let them get away with not answering the question. And that was really nice. So if someone was like kind of rambling on and doing that thing politicians do where they well, she did that to the question elizabeth warren she, I, one memorable mm-hmm. part for me you know because mm-hmm. she was talking talking and she's like okay but could you actually ask answer yep. the question and i thought she did it respectfully and i thought it was really well done too i, I agree I, uh I, she did it to buddha judge i know yep uh-huh i'm a little biased about rachel yeah she's just mm-hmm. the fucking best yep. uh but yeah it, it was it was a really i think good Good showing for a lot of the candidates, actually. I think Cory Booker came out really strong in this. His closing statement was, like, super, super powerful. Uh, but I'll get to that at the end. Yeah, the um, Iowa 9 that I think uh, NPR has been following or something like that uh, came out uh, heavily in favor of uh, Booker mm-hmm. and Harris and Buttigieg. Yeah, Harris was also incredible. My top, I think Harris actually, for me, did the best in that debate last night. And then... Or at least in terms of making a lasting impact on me personally, it was Harris and then Booker and then um, honestly Bernie. Bernie did great. Biden did not do well. Biden had a really bad moment with Kamala. Biden ate, ate holy shit. shit with, and I saw oh that part God. where he was talked about punching. We had a punch back against domestic violence or something. It oh was God! Bad. Okay, it was really Wrong bad. And words, dude. The whole audience was all. Ooh. Yes. No. The whole thing. It was really. It was also okay. Not only did that happen, but then there was also a moment with Biden where he made reference to how he has been working. Um, in do you remember this nice you nodding your head where where he he's been working in black caucuses and working with black politicians and voters for his whole career and then he makes the claim that he worked with the the only black uh, woman elected to the senate and kamala was literally like i'm right here yeah. also me and he was like oh well, let me amend that to say uh, the first, the first. I worked with the first black woman elected to the she's Senate. she's the second, right? Yeah. It was just like, come on, dude. And I hate to, like, I'm, I hate to memory shame because I'm a freaking idiot. And, like, I misspeak like that pretty often. But if you're a freaking presidential candidate and you're trying to, like, drop a fact that, number one, is honestly just, Got like... Yeah, it's honestly just more of a I have black friends comment. So you're, you tr- gotta you're dropping get your a- facts. Right. Yeah, you gotta. Yes. Especially if it's a black friends fact. Yes. And and, <laughs> and you're Joe Biden. Um the, I now he does have 100. the most of black vote right now. He's at 44%. Right. Well, he has the longest history of like just working for name recognition so, yeah, and all yeah, that. But yeah, exactly. the like Oh, that was just so painful and it was painful to watch him and it I don't was. I you know, he he might have Severely hurt himself. He might have really, really hurt himself. I yeah. think Buddha Judge maybe helped himself. I think definitely Booker and Harris. I would love to see if they 
uh, ticked up back into the top five. Yeah, Booker didn't. So also a part of Booker's closing statement, he's like, I didn't make the threshold yet for the next debate. So please head to my website if you want to hear my voice still represented on this stage. And I've donated to Booker more than I've donated to any of the other candidates, not because I think that he's my number one candidate. But to keep him in. But to, yeah, to, but to keep him in because I really love what he says and I think his energy is really great. And I want to give him like the chance to maybe rise in the polls. I don't think that he deserves to not be on the stage. Um, so yeah, yeah. And he Booker brought up rocked. the point too that at this point during Obama, uh, Obama's race, he was twenty one points behind. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, interesting point. Yeah, really? I'm I'm very yes. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? I'm really curious to see how all the the numbers come up after this debate because was there was a lot of like dynamics that were playing out. Yeah, I wasn't living here when Obama got elected for the first time, so I didn't realize what a dark horse candidate he really was. Hmm. Yeah, I was young. I was in middle school still when it was all <laughs> happening, but I, I was a uh, my best friend's family was like very political, so we would all go out and canvas for him together and stuff. So I knew I knew about his I pretty much I knew about him when I knew about him, so I'm not either I'm not very familiar also with his sort of trajectory. Hmm. Um other than I know that he was just like, he had a moment, a candidate that had a moment and continued to have moments, and he just fucking rocks. So there we go. Um, okay, one of the questions that I thought was interesting, uh, there was like a more conceptual question they asked Bernie. They asked him, what do you think about Democrats, supporters chanting things like lock him up because they said Biden or Bernie, that happened at one of your rallies. Do you think Democrats should discourage people from chanting that stuff? And I think that's like, an interesting approach to a question because it's not about policy exactly. It's kind of a question that directly is going at this kind of fiasco bipartisan or not bipartisan, um, partisan shit we like have the division. going on. Yeah. Thank you. One word says it all. Division. Uh, Bernie's answer was basically like, well, I mean, there's definitely something to be looked at with the fact that he may have actually committed crimes, but, you know, obviously I'm not going to say, yeah, we should advocate for people getting thrown in jail or whatever. So I thought that was an interesting question. Um, they also asked Biden if he would support a further uh, criminal investigation into Trump when he leaves office. And I really liked Biden's answer on this, actually, because he says, I will not dictate who should be prosecuted or exonerated. That is not the role of the president. That is the role of the Justice Department, of which will be led by someone that I have uh, appointed. And then I'm going to let them do their thing. And that was it. So I thought that was a good answer. That was a good answer to that. Because I agree, even though Trump sucks and I have faith that other people are going to pick up criminal investigations into him, Biden's like, I'm not going to sit there and spend, you know, I'm not going to overreach my powers to make sure that that happens. Yeah, that's well thought out. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, They talked about child care a lot because that's an issue that really affects voters in Georgia. Um, Really high child care costs is a, a barrier that really presents itself as an issue for a lot of women of color in that area. And there's a lot of candidates that were coming out talking about their first, you know, point of order to be, that's the wrong use of that phrase, uh, but their first order of business to be providing a solution for... Oh, yeah, because that was when, um, who's the new guy? Bloom, who was saying it was climate? uh, On the stage? Steyer. Yeah, Steyer. Mm -hmm. And then Biden's like, no, that'll be my first thing. And then, you know, and then uh, everyone like sort of disagree with that. Warren, even though she was invoked in that answer, didn't get a chance to respond. I thought mm-hmm. that was weird. Yeah. Warren talked about the two cent tax um, above 
I think what is it? Is it fifty? Fifty million. Fifty on your million dollars. Fifty first millionth dollar. We we charge you two cents. Yeah, she's like, you get your first fifty million, like clean and clear. <laughs> you don't have to worry. <laughs> but then after that, we're gonna do the two cent the tax. tax yeah. And that's when that's when Booker challenged her because he was like, all the things she was listing off was was childcare. It was you know, a lot of just. A lot of things that all the Democratic candidates support. And Booker was like, I'm not, obviously, I support those things, but I don't think that the wealth tax, how you lay it out, is the most efficient way to do that. I think that should be, that could be solved through other just tax legislation. So that was kind of a point of contention between Booker and Warren. Um, Tom Steyer, like you said, said he's the only one on the stage that's willing to say climate change is the number one issue. Um, he fascinates me. I can't figure out yeah. if it's like honorable that he's spending all of his money doing this or like, idiotic like there's a better way he was spending his money well him and andrew yang had a go ahead Angie. yeah him and andrew yang had a moment actually at the end of it where he kind of got called out for by uh amy klobuchar just yeah. as a, a dude that just kind of like bought his way into where he's at essentially at this point in the race mm-hmm. and andrew yang went to his defense it was like we can't shit on people that have money if they're using their money for good. Tom Steyer has used like most of his fortune at this point now, not most of it, but a lot of his fortune to to combat climate change. Well, my argument would be running for president isn't using your money for good. I think, and a lot of people have said that Steyer and Bloomberg should drop out of the race and give all that money to the Democratic Senate candidates for 2020 because it's. Yeah, I'm down for that. I. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I think Tom Steyer is a likable person, mm-hmm. and I obviously agree yeah, he with says his good message. Stuff. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like, I love that he's a clampian, a clampian for climate, a clampian for climate change, champion for climate change, a clampian, um, a champion. Anyway, he seems like a nice dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, nice fucking guy. Yeah, nice fucking guy. But like, is that the wisest way to spend all your money? And all those TV ads where he was like, "It's time to impeach the president." I was like, "Bro, we know." Well, he the thing for about him though is he was saying that way before Democrats were saying about it officially. Yeah. Oh yes, he was. He's, he's yes. been like throwing out money on ads yeah. for that. Yeah, and he might have actually ticked up the. That's the polls. that's true. Yeah, that's true. I like him. I, I agree too. though. I, yeah. I I don't know if this is like the best place for him to be spending his money and his efforts, but he did well and he wasn't offensive and I don't think he did any harm other yeah. than kind of just being like a. I mean. You know the appearances of just a rich older white guy just running for president. It's exactly. Like, yeah, it's kind of like not anything new exactly, other than I guess the climate change angle, uh, and also impeachment. But they didn't focus on impeachment that much in the debate, which I think was a wise move to do, considering the American people, like you said, AG, had just endured uh, an entire day of stuff that's kind of hard to stay engaged with for for. Hours and hours and hours at a time. For sure. Although it's very important. And obviously. also, it's really important to use these moments to talk about relevant stuff like impeachment's happening anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You it's know? like, how about we focus on everything we aren't focusing on right now because of it's wall to wall impeachment hearings exactly. just for these two weeks? It's not, I'm not saying that, that Congress isn't focusing on other things. Every mm-hmm. time they took a break during the impeachment hearings, they went out to vote on mm-hmm. bills that they're working on mm-hmm. that end up just sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk. Uh, but How, they're they're ugh. they're walking and chewing gum. It's it's not a, it's not a problem mm-hmm. to feel so ham ha- hamstrung on so many different issues like that must be so frustrating. But yeah. um, no, that's real. I have to catch up with this uh, debate. I didn't watch it because yeah, I was thinking to myself they were going to talk just about impeachment, and I was like, I can't with any more impeachment right no. now. I've impeached all day. Yeah, they really <laughs> didn't talk about it too much. That's awesome. Um, so Tulsi Gabbard, I, I wanted to talk about one of her responses to something. She, Our best friend, Tulsi. Y- yeah, she definitely is not liked by the Democratic Party at this point. I think that is very fair to say. That's kind of the vibe that she has on stage. Um, 
she sort of she didn't really get that much stage time either and when when she did talk this was kind of a more unfortunate thing that i think she did uh they they ask how are you going to address violent white supremacy basically in this country um huge issue obviously huge number one domestic terrorism threat that we have going on uh how do we how do we combat that and she her answer went into things that are also very valid but not really addressing the question she started going into the the racial injustice of our criminal justice system which again is 100 percent she is correct in talking about that and we need immense reform very quickly and it needs to be effective it needs to happen but it was a super objectively weak answer because she said nothing acknowledging that white supremacy exists that young men are being radicalized that white toxicity is very dangerous and she she said nothing about that and then yang answered the same question and i think he answered it much better he says that we have to designate white supremacy as a uh, the, the domestic terrorism threat that it is so the justice department can appropriately track it and he gives a really powerful statement about a former hate group member that he was talking to that said if anyone had reached out to him at the age of 14 when the hate group reached out to him he said he would have gone with that group he would have gone with whatever was the first group to reach out to him when he was in a time in his life where he felt isolated, scared, and alone. And Yang says that that's what we need to also do is to reach out to those men before the hate groups reach out to them and radicalize them. Um, And I think that that was a better answer than Gabbard gave, (laughs) for sure. Yeah, she she struggled. She really did, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, Bernie had some funny humor moments. That were pretty organic. I think he's really coming into his character second time around here. <laughs> second major campaign run. Um, yeah, Pete, Pete Buttigieg, like you said, he, he was got strong, a lot of time. but he did get a lot of time. Yeah, uh, and I don't know. I don't know if he's really going to go up or or down. I feel like it's going to remain kind of unchanged. Well, he went after Tulsi for meeting with Assad. I thought that was a good mm-hmm. moment for him. He had a lot of good moments, yeah. um, but I just don't know how he's going to pick up the black vote. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Tulsi is the only one that mentioned paper ballots. Yeah, she, she didn't say hand-marked, though. I noticed that. Now, every time somebody mentions paper ballots. No, I think Klobuchar said um, paper she? ballots, too. Oh, okay. She just I didn't, didn't hear that. But neither of them used the word hand-marked, and I'm always, it's got it's drilled it into entailed? my head by Jennifer Cohn. Yeah. Do you think that's what they're talking about, then, when doesn't, they just it, say it, it, well, paper ballots? Well, like Jennifer Cohn says, it doesn't matter. You have to say hand-marked, hand-marked paper ballots. They're different than paper ballots. Yeah. Because paper ballots gives people an out to use those barcoded paper things or... You know, things that are marked by a computer that um, can't be audited. So she's yeah. always very, very much harping on that hand marked part. And I always notice when people fail to say it. So mm-hmm. they did. Totally. Um, yeah. And they didn't really talk about gun violence at all, which was a huge bummer. Yeah, that was a bummer. But yeah. I, I, although I suppose it was a two hour debate um, instead of a, the normal three hours that we've or not normal. But I think the last two debates have been three hours long. Mm-hmm. And maybe people are like, oh, people can't hang that long. And so. You know, they had to cut it short and uh, they have discussed gun violence um, in, in previous debates. So mm-hmm. maybe that was kind of the, the thought process there. I'm yeah, not sure. That would make sense. I know they spent on yeah, a decent amount of time, but I'm uh, curious to see how the numbers change. Yeah, I am. I'm like you. I can't wait to see what the polls look like. And so. if Biden does not go down, then I don't know what it's like. How many how many gaffes does it take? <sighs> 
I guess that's what his. Ugh, that was know. a big one, though. That was a really big one. That was a really big one, especially when Kamala was having a really good night too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. If you don't, if you haven't seen him, check him out. If you have any thoughts about the debates too, you can let us know. Email us. Um, yeah, or tweet us at yeah. Daily Beans Pod. For sure, I'd love mm-hmm. to hear. We'd love to know what you think about who you thought won. I thought, I thought Harrison Booker won that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we have a lot more for you today, including Beans Come True with an indictment and another possible step in the White Horse prophecy. So stick around. Hey everybody, AG here. As many of us know, getting into debt is easy. Getting out of debt is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that believes in you and believes that you're more than just your credit score. Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education, your experience, your job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. It's easy to check your rate. It takes only a few minutes and once you're approved, most people get their funds the next business day. Over 300,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or to meet their financial goals so you can do that too yes you listening to this upstart believes you are more than your credit score you're good enough you're smart enough and doggone it people like you uh free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one easy monthly payment with upstart see why upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. Uh, and hurry to upstart.com slash daily beans to find out how low your upstart rate is checking your rate only takes a few minutes and it won't affect your credit that's upstart.com slash daily beans all right, welcome back. Uh, today, around lunchtime, uh, today being Thursday, we record this on Thursday, uh, during the final day of the public impeachment hearings in the House Intelligence Committee, Trump dined with Mitt Romney uh, and Susan Collins. Murkowski, Lisa Murkowski was supposed to be there too, but called it off last minute, said she had to fly home to Alaska. Um, and those are the only three GOP senators that refused to sign the resolution against impeachment. So it's just interesting that they went there to the last to have lunch with the president on the last day of the impeachment hearings. Uh, after lunch, Romney told the press that Trump made some initial comments about impeachment, but nothing he hadn't heard from TV. Uh, and prior to the meeting, Romney said he didn't plan to speak about impeachment at all. <laughs> OK, <laughs> it's just the three senators who uh, aren't signing the impeachment yeah. resolution. Just a Voldemort of <laughs> <laughs> their, their lunch. Colin says it was a good meeting uh, and that it would be inappropriate for her to reach conclusions about evidence or to comment on the proceedings because she's a juror and she wants to wait to see the evidence. A spokesperson for Murkowski, like I said, said she would not go to lunch because she has a flight back to Alaska. And this is just interesting timing because right around the time that uh, Goldman, uh, that's lawyer for the House Mm -hmm. Dems, started questioning the witnesses today, Dr. Hill and David Holmes, um, Nunez left the room. And, and, and I think Dr. Hill brought that up a few times that people just keep leaving the room after they're done, the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Well, Nunez, why are they doing that? Nunez left the room. He was gone for a while. And then after he came back, there was a decided change in his demeanor. He seemed sad or something, <sighs> like just done, just over it. Something happened. And I wonder if some news came out of that meeting. Like some people are speculating that that Romney went and and Collins to tell Trump you should resign or, you know, we've got this information or something, something. Who knows? Like, I don't even know. But all I know is that the lunch happened. Nobody really said anything. Nunez was gone. And then when Nunez came back, he seemed really sad. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't, I'm, that's like super tinfoil hat space bean stuff like I don't know if they're connected at all yeah but, but he did just strike me as sad yeah Nunes, you should be happier you're returning to a circus <laughs> in your own words totally, totally. <laughs> 
Um, so that happened today. And then another thing that I read, and this has kind of been going on behind the scenes here, Prince Andrew and his connections to Epstein and uh, something's going on with the resigning or being fired and the queen is involved. Amanda, what do you have? We are uh, UK correspondent. Yes, resident former <laughs> Londoner here. Um, so for those of you who have not been keeping up, uh, Prince Andrew was quote-unquote, heavily associated with Jeffrey Epstein. They hung out together. They partied together. And um, part of what is at the center of the controversy about him is the fact that he um, spent time with a teenage girl who was believed to have been supplied by um, Epstein, amongst other things. But that's kind of the main one. And there is um, video footage of her leaving one of Epstein's properties and Prince Andrew's like waving at her in the door or something. It's it's pretty explicit. Um, so uh, basically what's been going down is the palace has been getting more and more worried because ooh, ooh, palace intrigue. <laughs> the palace has been getting more and more worried um, because the palace. They, uh, they're, the comedy palace? <laughs> the Buckingham Palace. Oh, number 10 Downing That's Street. One, yes. Is that, what, 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 is that, sorry, is that right? So is it sorry. number 10 Downing I know Street? some of my British friends are listening and they're like, don't you dare do an accent, bitch. I'm listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, but uh, but yeah. So basically, uh, it's it's the legal counsel, I guess you would say, of the palace is is they they believe that a subpoena is coming for Prince Andrew. Damn. Yes. Wait, what do they, they think they're going to get out of him? Well, because he was uh, to give more information about how Prince Andrew was involved with underage girls. Yeah. Oh. A subpoena to Prince Andrew. Though? Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Okay. So they. they I mean, I I, I shouldn't say that. I clean. I guess. I don't. I don't want to get corrections. I don't know exactly what the subpoena will say, but it's it, it. But it's about getting information from him about his associations with Jeffrey Epstein. Totally. Um, oh, so they might subpoena him for all of his records and communications and documents that have to do with Epstein or mm-hmm. traveling or with you yeah know, anything with that. Right. I guess I'm trained on how they seem to be doing it over here which is like you subpoena everybody else around the person that you're ultimately trying to get the well it's a big move to subpoena a member of the royal family totally you know that would have to be you'd have to be really sure that you want to do that yeah um so to get out ahead of this i think because the palace thought that uh, that a subpoena was coming prince andrew decided to go on bbc news night um, and and be grilled by a kind of a known hard ass, for lack of a better word. Um, and it was a fucking shit show, disaster oh. interview. Uh-oh. Like he did for not who? for Prince Andrew. Okay. It was bad for him. Um, <laughs> like he he came out looking unrepentant, you know, God. confused as to what the big deal is about his association with him. Um, sort of haughty and very like it was just it was a it was a train wreck interview, and no one walked away feeling more confident about his about his implications in this entire scandal. Nice. So, so then the next thing to happen was that uh, he put out a statement saying that he was resigning essentially from his all of his royal duties and there's royal duties, royal duties. Um, but there is some there's some there's some reporting that the queen actually fired him before That's what he I gave was I read that this too, statement yeah. yeah yeah so this is from the daily beast and uh, it says a uh, disgraced royal Prince Andrew is preparing to give evidence in the Jeffrey Epstein inquiry and uh, Buckingham Palace believe a, de- a demand for testimony to be imminent. Um, Andrew made it clear in his resignation statement that he would cooperate with law enforcement as they investigated Epstein. Um, the Daily Telegraph in the UK reported Thursday that Buckingham Palace is braced for U.S. authorities to issue the Duke with a subpoena, requesting he gives testimony under oath about his friendship with Epstein. Following the his statement, Duke? yes, he's also a Duke, I guess, one of his many titles. Uh, <laughs> these guys have like nine titles, you know. <laughs> so he's Prince Andrew, Duke Prince of Chutney, and, and a Duke. <laughs> And a jackass, <laughs> and a human male, and an earl, <laughs> earl of sandwich, sandwich. Um, 
love that place. <laughs> uh, Gloria Allred, who is the lawyer representing some of Epstein's alleged victims, was quick uh, was quick to demand Andrew voluntarily contact U.S. authorities without conditions and without delay. Asking the question, is he insisting that he be served with a subpoena to testify or is he willing to speak to law enforcement without being legally required to do so? Uh, the threat of such a subpoena should hanging over Andrew goes a long way to explaining his mystifying decision to give that interview, which I previously mentioned. <laughs> it's like that Hart Kelly interview, remember? Yeah, I never watched Just it. Just stay but, at home, dude. Yeah. Just stay home. Um, Ugh. Yeah. Uh, this. I'm trying to load this statement here, but uh, my phone has decided to block the New York Times for me. Mm. Where is it? Oh, here it is. Okay. So the statement itself, which some believe was nudged on by the queen that he didn't give this willingly says um statement by his royal highness the duke of york it has become clear to me over the last few days that the circumstances relating to my former association with jeffrey epstein has become a major disruption to my family's work and the valuable work going on in the many organizations and charities that i am proud to support therefore i have asked her majesty if i may step back yeah i'm sure that's what happened dude okay. that's a total trump way to do <laughs> yeah that. like why don't you just say at least i'm not fucking my family like what? yeah <laughs> i have asked her majesty to step back from public duties for the foreseeable future and she has given her permission oh thank you yeah, I'm, I'm sure she was like can you not um, I continue to unequivocally regret my ill-judged association with Jeffrey Epstein, whose sui- his suicide has left many unanswered questions, particularly for his victims, and I deeply sympathize with everyone who has been affected and wants some form of closure. I can only hope that in time they will be able to rebuild their lives. Of course, I'm well, willing... send money. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I'm willing to help uh, any appropriate law enforcement agency with their investigations if required. And that was it. Yeah, that sounds like the- he had to write that. <laughs> Or make that statement. Yeah. That would be, for all the people that, like, paid Epstein money over the years and helped support him in his disgustingly criminal escapades, they should be, like, held liable and should all have to pay money to the victims together. Oh, right? <laughs> here's a, That's a stretch legally, but... Here's a nice little tidbit, <laughs> Restitution too. in a cival lawsuit makes sense. Yeah, well, yeah, because, I mean, normally it would just be Epstein, I guess, but since no, he's yeah, not around anymore... who funded it, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that God. would be much. There's so many pieces to this Epstein thing, but... This was a nice little tidbit for me. This is about viewers, how they felt in the UK. Viewers expressed shock and anger at Prince Andrew's lack of sympathy for Mr. Epstein's victims, as well as his unpersuasive denials of sexual misconduct, which included peculiar peculiar assertions such as, and this is a weird one, I didn't watch the entire interview, so I didn't catch this part, but an assertion that he has been medically unable to perspire, so sweat, since his combat tour in the Falklands War. Wait. Oh, what? that's a thing. Oh, okay. But what is that? Sorry. What does I it have apologize to do with any to veterans of listening? Then I, I didn't realize that. I was like, that's a peculiar thing to say. What does it have to do with any? Well, yeah, but what does it have to do with anything? Oh, yeah. nothing. He was just. The point was just that, like, he was talking mad shit. Is what is what the article is trying to say? Oh, I thought he was like, never let him see a sweat, which I can't because of the Falkland Islands. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> You're watching it more context, but yeah, but yeah. <sighs> huh. Anyway, the general consensus but, is that he he definitely like was associated with Epstein, right? That's not disputed oh, yeah. in any no, way whatsoever. Was, and he's he admitted was it. Not, and... He doesn't deny that at all. They were like besties. Like the, the, in public the, opinion, like, Yeah, the issue that is and... that he was too heavily associated with him. And the issue is that people are trying to figure out whether or not that he had relations with some of the teenage girls right. that were provided to him by Epstein. Right. And people people are saying that this is... Is that an animal outside? It's a cat. I think that it's is a podcast. cat talking. That's the podcast. It's podcast like, talking. Um, people are saying that wait, this wait, is... Listen, listen. I don't think the listeners can hear it, but maybe, maybe. the podcasts are talking, <laughs> meowing. It sounds like they're meowing from the rafters somehow. No, you can't hear it. <laughs> but it was a <laughs> row, yeah, wall. 
reenacting <laughs> cats out there. Um, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, this seems really bad, you guys. Sassy like, cat. probably the worst thing to happen to the royal family, the British royal family, since probably the Princess Diana car crash. Yeah, I haven't heard anything like this. Yeah. This bad. And people with ties to the palace say that they could not recall a senior member of the royal family having been suspended so abruptly and publicly from, from his or her duties. Huh. Yeah. Damn. Even the King's Speech guy resigned. You that's know? such a good movie. I know, I love it. Yeah, that's a really... Colin Firth. Yes. I know. Hell yeah, forever. Fuck, I fuck love him. Shit, fuck yeah. them, penis asshole. Yes. I love him. I love it very much. That's my favorite also part. Also in Bridget Jones. Oh, God. Oh, no. Those are my, like, those are, the Bridget Jones movies are some of my, like, like I'm on my period movies. It's Bridget Jones. I know all the words. Miss Congeniality for me. Me too. I remember being at uh, Blockbuster when they had those, and I had my ER slippers on, and my hair was up in a towel, and I had my bathrobe on, and I had, uh, a copy, copy mis- congeniality in my hand and the guy behind me was like mm, who dumped you <laughs> I was like nobody oh. Zach <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I'm totally into that kind of thing uh, let's see what else is happening uh, Mike Pompeo might resign to run for the Senate uh, he planned to stay on as Secretary of State until next spring but developments such as the House impeachment inquiry have strained his relationship with Trump and reality but according to Time Magazine uh, he has informed uh, three members of the GOP that he plans on resigning from his job to run for the Senate seat in Kansas it's unclear if he's discussed this with Trump hmm. uh, alright time for a little schadenfreude schadenfreude Can I pick Netanyahu? Sure. I know he's not. Interesting. I well, know he's not, uh, you know. It's definitely not related that? to Mueller stuff. It's not related to Mueller stuff. Although Israel, you know what? I can connect it in six, oh, six si- degrees or side less. group. Yeah. Mossad, Psy mm-hmm. group, Zamel. Black Cube, Zamel, yeah. WikiLeaks, Nader, Netanyahu. But uh, you're talking about his corruption. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to be the referee, I'd say that doesn't count. Okay. All right. Then I'll- right. I'm I'm asking. I don't know. I mean, you created this entire project. That's true, but and this is all yours. So you totally can. Uh, yours. Okay, <laughs> yes. for no points, I I bet he's going to be indicted. But then for my points, I'm going to pick uh, Nader. Perfect. There we go. Yeah. Why waste a pick? You know. Um, okay. Because I could have gotten points for Netanyahu. He's totally getting indicted this week. Put mm. some beans on it. How about this? Fresh beans. How about how about for this week? <laughs> we say since the Netanyahu calls on the fence, we'll allow Netanyahu in the indictment league this week. Israel's attorney general has decided to indict Bibi Netanyahu for bribery, fraud, and breach of trust. Interesting, interestingly, Sheldon Adelson is named in the indictment all over the place. Dude, that guy is so sketchy and fucking gross. Huge GOP donor, publisher of Israeli's biggest newspaper. Um... We will go over this indictment in depth in the Fantasy Indictment League uh, in the next Mueller She Wrote episode, but hey, hey. Yeah. Uh, I get half a point, I think, is what we decided. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Sheldon Adelson is also huge in Vegas and bought out the Las Vegas Review Journal. I'm pretty positive to make it a very conservative publication, and he also just union busts constantly. That's what he does. That's mm-hmm. his life. Buying newspapers, making a conservative, and busting unions. Yep. Um, but uh, everyone's like, how did you know that Netanyahu, because that kind of came out of, how'd you know? And I was like, eh, I know stuff. <laughs> I just, uh, I did know he was going to be indicted this week. Um, what actually happens now? I just knew. Well, um, over there, I don't know how their laws work. Yeah. You know, I'm, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. 
but he could still be prime minister. Because mm-hmm. what was the recording before that he was going to be indicted? Like right before the election, right? There was there were headlines out relating to an indictment. Yeah, this spring they said, yeah, we're probably going to indict him. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I just uh, saw it coming this week and so called it out and he was definitely indicted. So that's interesting news. Uh, and Very now, yeah, right. Just I, it's it, it took a while. Yeah. But and, they got him. Mm-hmm. It's also like right on the heels of news of the U.S. deciding to uphold illegal Israeli occupation of Palestine. Yeah, that's interesting um, that that's happening alongside this, too. Yeah, it's a big week for Israel. Definitely. Uh, all right, let's get social. Hashtag. Trending today, check it out. Hashtag we are better than that. Elijah Cummings' uh, famous words used in uh, that in those hearings, those previous hearings, were now invoked in the impeachment hearings by Adam Schiff in his closing statement right before he gaveled out uh, of our two weeks of public hearings. I didn't know that this was the last week. Um, uh, I guess I should have known that because they didn't schedule anybody else for next week, but... Mm-hmm. I thought that they would go on longer. Uh, we will see. We'll see how it ends up. But uh, check it out at hashtag we are better than that. There's a lot of really great stuff um, and good memories of Elijah Cummings and um, some good highlights of, of also what happened uh, during the impeachment hearings today and the closing statement from Adam Schiff. It's, uh, it's interesting. So hashtag we are better than that. Keep it trending. And that's our show. Anyone have any final thoughts? Um, have a good weekend. Yeah, yeah, if you can. I'm going to, um, there's been so much the last few days with the debates and all the impeachment stuff. And I feel like I'm going to, between now and the next time we record on Sunday, I'm going to like sort through and find any like interesting tidbits that I may have missed. Oh, yes. cool. But I'm going to watch the debate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to, you made me want to watch it. This debate was easier to watch than the other ones. I don't know exactly why. I think it's because, yeah, the, the moderation the format was, was a little better, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And it, it was only 10, not 12. Yeah, maybe that okay. was the biggest difference. Yeah. <laughs> can we narrow it down can you imagine if it's anyway. only six or eight yeah. or something also i feel like biden's pr team just like pops ice cubes into his eyeballs he has the bluest clearest eyes it's weird right it's so crazy booker has beautiful eyes too yes he does all right yeah biden's are just like they just they're like arctic pearls shining through his <laughs> Sliding the, face. The deepest azure sky of summer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect azure sky of deepest summer. That's oh, it. Oh, that was a quote. And a very yes. radiant smile, too. He does. Yeah, he does. Whoever's May- on the mouth and eyes is doing a great job. Full of, <laughs> full of mouth and eyes. Who's your mouth and eye guy? <laughs> full, full of gaffes, but excellent teeth. Yes. Uh, Booker's mouth, I think she was talking about. Oh, oh. No, no, no. I was talking about Biden's mouth. Biden's mouth? Really? No, I thought you were saying Biden had good teeth. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, those are veneers, dude. Yeah, they're total veneers. Yeah, fair enough. Do you ever but see him nice. like nice on SNL when Woody nice Harrelson does him oh and he puts God. those big, <laughs> so beautiful extreme. white teeth in there, and it's just such a caricature yeah. of him? Woody Harrelson's Biden is wonderful. Nineteen clickety clack, <laughs> whatever. It's just so funny. Yeah, they also awkwardly asked Biden the one Me Too question, which I thought was oh. like very. Very and that's when he went into punching down at d- domestic violence. We got to punch back. I'm like, no, we don't. It's domestic violence. <laughs> Let's stop with the punching. Oh, Yay. Gosh. Yeah. Oh, it was so bad. And everyone was like, oh. And then he was mad. And everyone was like, mm. it was just awkward. Yeah. It was super weird. Uh, my final thought is everyone needs to do a self care. I'm going to get a massage this weekend, I think. Aww. 
That sounds nice. Um, and so, yeah, I need to get some shoulder work mm. uh, because of stress. And so we have to, you know, we have to get rid of that and breathe sometimes uh, and just, you know, make sure we're, we're doing good and taking care of ourselves. I might take a bath tonight, too. And I mm. ordered a new blanket off of, and it's fleece that's super soft, like fleece and velvet velveteen mm-hmm. that makes you like you're like ooh, who has molly mm-hmm. like those blankets <laughs> uh and I, i've heard i you know i've heard yeah so, um, i don't know if it works in the reverse order the blanket then the desire for molly oh you know? i just you know it's just a thought like whenever <laughs> joe and i would go to uh bed bath and beyond we would look for the molly blankets oh, and yeah. not because we were doing molly right, right, but right. because we just want the softest blankets although in the if universe. you were to do molly anywhere bed bath and beyond would be pretty sick <laughs> Did you see the thing where somebody videotaped, like, made an entire soap opera inside of an Ikea and they never even knew? (laughs) That's really funny. In the perfectly set rooms of the household (laughs) scattered throughout the massive Out of the bedroom, into the kitchen with a fight. It's just so great. That's really funny. I, 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 for one, love Ikea. Mm. People are always like, Ikea is where relationships go to die. I'm like, I fucking love me some Ikea. Wait, what does that even mean? It's like, it's it's like, where... a, it's like a trope where if like, you know, because Ikea is like, oh, you know, labyrinth and the too many choices and couples uh, always yeah. fight. It's but been like... on some sitcoms too. Yeah. Where, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I personally do not think that that's where oh, relationships yeah. go to die. I think when you're putting together the Ikea furniture together later, <laughs> yes. that's where relationships die. I, <laughs> that's a great idea. I have so great many point. memories of my ex-boyfriend and I from my early 20s in this like shitty apartment that we shared together, just like scream crying at each other like, where's the Allen key? What's yeah. <laughs> not A into flat B? Where the fuck Why is isn't this B? working? You don't even know. Yeah. yeah. And then for some reason it's their fault. But then um, I grew up in... Now I hire people to do those things for me. Yeah. Oh, Just nice. kidding. My wife does. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I currently have an Ikea table that's just missing a leg. And that's just how it is now. You try <laughs> It just doesn't have a leg. It's a it's supporting way too much weight well, for it's how nice of you to keep that rescue table. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like where am I going to get the perfect size leg? It has to be perfect. Otherwise, you could make it's it. all bad. Yeah, I'll make you one. Really? Yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, hey, cool. handy fella. Yeah, totally. <laughs> all right, that's our show. Uh, thank you for those final thoughts. Thank you all for being there for me too, and uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to do more, you can become a patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash the daily means. Uh, it really helps us out, helps us pay. You know, we actually pay a really great higher than living wage, helps us give us uh, health benefits to, even to our part timers. We just brought in another uh, staff member and we, you know, would love to to have your support. We're going to be doing video pretty soon and you'll get you'll get access to all that. Plus, you'll get ad free episodes of the Daily Beans in your premium feed. Uh, and you'll also become a patron of Muller She Wrote at the same time. So, yay, big stuff, lots of stuff. So become a patron. Uh, and we have some really cool gifts, too. At $10, I think, maybe, I think you get a uh, a new Super Space Beans mug. Mm-hmm. Is that right? At mm-hmm. the $10 level? Correct. There is a, there's a special patron level called Super Space Beans level. Yes. <laughs> level. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> so uh, get them in time for your the impeachment uh, hearings. Go into the House Judiciary Committee in a couple weeks. And that's it. Oh, they make good gifts, too, for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And please, everyone, just take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Amanda Reader. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reader. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reader. 
Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>